Hi, this is Jessica Heron, mom of two, serial entrepreneur, the founder and CEO of Stella and Dot Social Retail. And this is my podcast, Self Made. Welcome to season two. This podcast is filled with take action tips and inspiration to help you create the life that you want, integrating success in work, life, and your personal well being. Our core belief at Self Made is that you are in charge of you. Only you can define your success and only you can create it. Success is not one size fits all and it's not for just the predetermined few, it's for you. This podcast is a companion way to learn to Self Made University, an online and open place to discover free courses to help you level up in life and in business. I am so grateful and excited for you to get to connect with an amazing superhero woman. When we say not all superheroes wear capes, right now we know we have heroes in the world that are driving essential deliveries, that are uh, first responders and medical team. But I have to say, we have another hero among us, and it is the woman that we have on Self Made Today, Holly Robinson Pete, who you may know as an amazing actress, but she's also an activist and she has been making such an impact with the Holly Rod Foundation. And I am thrilled to have her on the show. Holly, welcome. Thank you, Jessica. I'm happy to be here. And uh, I would just add that uh, all superheroes don't wear capes. Some of us wear pajamas. And, <laughs> I think we're uh, all wearing pajamas right now, but I've seen you in the past wearing gorgeous gowns and high heels. And so you look like a very badass superhero many, much of the time. Uh, uh, yes, yes. Some of the time, not now, not, of not now, no. no, no, but, but, but I'm really happy to talk to you. You know, I was just saying to my daughter before I hopped on with you, I was like, I'm so excited to have something to do today, you know, to have something <laughs> to, because I'm like you, Jess, I'm really busy, right? I'm booked and busy all day long. And I've had so much time to stop and think and, and just sort of, you know, plan in my head and all of us have, our lives have shifted so much. Um, but I was really happy to talk with you, especially you're, you're one of my faves. You're, you're a self-made lady who just keeps it going. And I, I really appreciate this podcast right now. And I know so many others uh, in my circle, my friends are looking forward to hearing it. Oh, well, thank you so much. I mean, I think the thing that I want to focus on for all the world right now, right, is we have to go find a source of tenacity and resilience and one tactic and coping skill, not just to be a better human, but to be a happier human is when you're in a place of struggle and you worry about yourself, it tends to cause really negative effects. You, you know, you hoard toilet paper, you hoard other things when you're just focused on yourself. But if you can look externally at the world around you and say, how can I help? you actually start to heal and feel better that way. And it gives you a place of mind to go that's good rather than a place to wallow that's shallow and bad. <laughs> and, and you have been focused externally on helping others for quite some time with the Hollyrod Foundation. In fact, our partnership uh, that has started since, I, I believe, is it 2013? It has been wow, quite some time. Yeah. Uh, we've raised almost $800,000 for your foundation so far. In fact, it's almost a million for other partners that also pre- that we partnered with before you that focus on helping families with autism in the US and Canada. It's been 50,000 families. And it really, Holly, I will say, you're the one that opened my eyes by getting to go look at RJ centers, understand 
how challenging it is for families, especially families that are out there working multiple jobs, how hard it is for them to cope and support children with autism. So can you start by just sharing you know, your personal background, why this is a cause near and dear to your heart? Well, first of all, let me just start by saying thank you so much to Stella and Dot and all of the uh, amazing people that you have listed, um, not just financially, but emotionally and philanthropically uh, with your, your, your company. I've, I've blessed the day that we met each other and decided to work together. And yes, you are, uh, Stella and Dot is our Holly Rod Foundation's most important and, and longest running partner right now. And it's just been a, such a blessing to have um, Stella and Dot support what we do. Uh, Holly Rod Foundation was started in two, oh, when was now I'm losing time. I don't even know whether it's Monday or Tuesday. <laughs> so I'm like, it was started in um, 1994. 597 97 and what happened was my dad had parkinson's disease and that's one of the reasons why we started the the foundation um to support families impacted by parkinson's with compassionate care i was going through being a caregiver my dad got parkinson's when he was in his 40s i was only 19 wow and i became a caregiver at an early age and i know there are a lot of caregivers listening out there right now and you know those of us who are have had to caregive for families and loved ones know it can be very difficult but I, I was very young. And then when I met and married Rodney, Rodney Pete, my husband, he was the one that told me, you know, we, we are so blessed to have the resources we have and the opportunities. We need to help other families who don't have those blessings. So that's how we started Holly Rod. And then about five years into that, um, our son, RJ, was born alongside his twin sister, Ryan. And a few years after he was born, he was diagnosed with autism and it kicked us in the gut. Like it just took us down. Um, but I remember my husband again, coming back to me saying, all right, we got to, we have this platform already. So let's open it up and use it to support families impacted by autism that don't have a voice, uh, literally and figuratively to deal with the day-to-day issues, uh, that they have to cope with. Um, and that was, you know, uh, almost 20 years ago when we started advocating for, autism families. And it has been such a blessing. And to your point, what you said, when, when difficult things happen to you in your life, and then you're forced to deal with them, you know, our natural uh, tendency is to go curl up and just kind of feel sorry for ourselves and lick our wounds. And you do that because that's natural. You're supposed to do that. But when you're able to come out of that and realize that if you have a platform you use to help others, it is so cathartic and so helpful. Like you mm-hmm. said, it takes the shine, the light off of you, off of your issues, and it helps you support other people who have so much the other things going on and oftentimes less resources than you. So that is why we started Holly Rod to help others and sort of lift ourselves up out of our Parkinson's and autism, uh, you know, sad woes. I was feeling so sorry for myself. Uh, and, and it's been so helpful being able to help other families impacted by autism, uh, especially through our uh, Holly Rod Foundation and our RJ's Place programs has been so helpful um, to be able to help other people through is probably the best medicine. So, you know, while we're dealing with all of the things that we're dealing with now with this virus scenario, I find that, you know, it's helpful also to, no matter how bad we think we have it, other people have it worse. 
and the ability to help them, the ability to give them love and support, and whether it's financial or emotional, or sometimes just sharing your story, it makes such a difference. So that has been so helpful. A lot of people say to me, oh, thank you so much for Holly Rod. And I, I, I say thank you to the people that we've helped because they've helped me by allowing us to help them, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, and I think this is, first of all, that's why I think you're a superhero because you took your struggle and you turned it into a gift for other people. Imagine if the whole world did that, right? We would just do nothing but elevate humanity. And yeah, when I, I think that, first of all, there's a lot of moms, a lot of dads, a lot of people who are separated from their parents, who are worried about not being able to be caregivers for them right now. And there's a lot of parents of kids um, at home right now, trying to work, can't getting out, no school, no, no daycare. And and they're going nuts. (laughs) And and not because you, you shouldn't feel like there's a valid reason for you going nuts, but if you can take a moment now and imagine what if you were someone who worked a job, maybe even an essential worker, someone who who to put food on the table needs to go out and be at a grocery store, be a healthcare worker, but you also have an autistic child at home. Mm. And what kind of burden does this sort of shift put on you? And what I heard you say before, Holly, that really got me is that, you know, RJ went from having thoughts that you were told that he would never speak to you, never say, I love you, not function in the world. And because you had access to care, because you had the financial resources, you were able to dramatically impact that and, and, and prove that wrong for your son, which I think any parent knows they would do anything to help their child thrive in life. But if you yeah. don't have those resources, it makes a dramatic difference if this beautiful human can engage and do that. And so RJ centers are really to provide for that. Do you want to talk a little bit more about exactly which families you're serving and why support is more important, not now, but it's not less because there's different problems. It's actually more important. Yeah. Well, we have, like you said, when you have the resources, it's important to share them. Um, and every child with autism is a valid, a valuable part of society, part of community, communities around the world. And you never, I just want to say, never let anybody tell you what your child is going to be like these, uh, folks did for us when RG was three and gave us this laundry list of no's and nevers that he'll never do. Um, I do think that a lot of the reasons why RJ is thriving so well is because we have resources and because we've been blessed to, to be able to just use a kitchen sink um, approach, if you will. Not everybody can do that. And so one of the things that we want to do at RJ's place and RJ's places around the country is just provide the opportunity to give compassionate care to families that need it. So whether it's um, supporting them with their IEPs, whether, um, you know, the, and these are the lesson programs that you get a lot in public schools to help um, your kid learn and, and not get overlooked with all of the therapies that they need, whether it's that kind of emotional support, whether we provide um, tablets to help them communicate, whether they're social skills programs that we support fund um, and then eventually job training programs because there's so many jobs out there that our kids can do. Um, we also provide um, seminars for families uh, to connect uh, support groups. Some of the most amazing people I've 
met during my journey have been other families that have been dealing with it that have shared information with me. Now, every kid with autism is going to be different, right? Every kid, if you, we, in the autism community, we always say, if you met one kid with autism, you've only met one kid with autism. They're all different. They have different needs. The spectrum is really wide. However, the one thing we all have in common is that we need help. We need support. We need compassionate care. So RJ's places are set up so that whatever um, your needs are, we try to find a way to meet them. Um, we have tremendous partners, Dell and Dot, as you mentioned earlier, uh, supporting us with over $800,000 over the last um, five or six years. It's just uh, unbelievable. Uh, and we've been able to rely on our, our donors and our supporters to keep funding these programs. One of the other programs that we have, Jessica, that I really love is called Jump Night with RJ and our Aquarium Nights. These are when we shut down trampoline parks and aquariums and just open it to only autism families. Now, that sounds like a fun field trip, and it doesn't sound like it'd be a big deal. But when I tell you families, when we, for instance, we were in Chicago, and we shut down the Shed Aquarium, and we had 80 families in there across the Chicago area, and they said it was one of the best nights they've ever, ever had with their loved ones, mm-hmm. just because so often our kids and whether they're kids or adults are not accepted in communities to go to public places. Um, our program with American Airlines, where we do It's Cool to Fly American, which we were supposed to do one yesterday in Philadelphia, which I'm really broken hearted that we weren't able to do, but for obvious reasons, we couldn't do it. Uh, but what we do is we take families on airplanes we taxi around the the um, airports and we give them an opportunity to be on a plane and understand what it feels like sensorily because that can be really difficult. And so all the programs that we have that uh, we run out of RJ's place are so helpful to families and just give me a sense of um, just happiness to see families be able to benefit from them. Mm-hmm. Well, that's amazing. And I, I've gotten to see it firsthand and meet some clients and it is so, so moving and amazing. And I want to share a quote that comes from you and ask you to give a general message of resilience for people right now, because you certainly are that, that this is, this is something you've said, focus on the small wins because they are the big wins for us. Every little thing is a big thing for us. Just count the many blessings in these kids. We are so busy sort of hearing and seeing what's wrong with them and what they can't do. I always say to count the rainbows and not the thunderstorms. I love that. We're all in a time where we feel like we're living in a thunderstorm. Can you give us your life advice on how do you get that (laughs) mindset? Do we need to do something every morning? Like how do we see the rainbows? Well, everybody, everybody has their own process. For me, what works is waking up and having a meditation of gratitude. No matter what I'm in, I set my phone, my clock, whatever. And it's like, okay, gratitude meditation. And you know, that doesn't mean you need to have incense burning and a yoga mat and, you know, um, chimes or anything. You just need to have your phone and whether it's an app that you can use, there are all these great meditation apps around. Now I, I use Calm, but there's Headspace. There's all kind of great apps mm-hmm. that we're really using now that are really helping, but you don't even need that. Just find some music that settles you and calms you and just go over in your mind the things you're grateful for. So practicing gratitude has been really helpful during this time um, that we're going through right now. Uh, because when you do that, it, it, it shifts your focus and takes you out of a place of self-pity, sorrow, 
sadness, anxiety, stress, things that we're all experiencing right now so much. So I tell my autism fans and my moms and dads and families and siblings, especially uh, that, you know, just always be grateful for all the awesome things that you have. Now, that can be really difficult to do. And especially, you know, for people that we serve who are now home 24 seven, 365, well, I shouldn't say 365, 24 seven, um, right now with their families. Um, and oftentimes, and you mentioned, especially with essential workers, when you have a child at home with autism or a young adult at home with autism, um, that can be really hard. I know just from my RJ, who is blessed to be working for the Los Angeles Dodgers as a clubhouse attendant, goes to work every day, never late, always on time, and his job means so much to him, and all that has stopped. Okay, so it's all stopped. So when you have children at home that are out of their um, routines, because our kids really thrive on routine. Every kid thrives on routine, but kids with autism, especially, you know, when they can't function every day uh, and they don't get up and do the things they're supposed to do or go to places they're supposed to do, that can cause meltdowns, that can cause anxiety, that can cause um, sensory overload. And to be at home all day long with your child and almost have to act as not just a mom, but a therapist, it it can be just so difficult. So being a caregiver right now is especially hard. Um, And so for our kids at home, our families that are dealing with that, I just say, find some moments for yourself. We see you, we understand. I know firsthand what it's like. And I communicate with a lot of them on social media. Um, I, I try to answer all the questions I can. And the main advice, Jessica, is just to try to find those moments where you can have some time to yourself, even if it's mm-hmm. in a shower, even if it's in a closet, even if it's, you know, just walking, you know, in your backyard, if you have one, to take a couple of breaths. But find those meditation moments of gratitude. Those will get you through your day. And if you have to do it several times a day, then so be it. Um, but this is a time that uh, we all have to be very mindful of other people that are dealing with even uh, uh, next level issues uh, during this time. So the other piece of advice, if you don't have a kid at home with autism, but you know someone, and I guarantee you, if you don't know someone, you know someone who knows someone, reach out to that family, check in on them to say, hey, I know you're home with your son. I know that's difficult. I watched uh, one of my um, autism moms giving her son a haircut yesterday. And, and that can be really difficult for our kids. Um, and she just talked about how he was doing such a good job and sitting still and she was shaving him down. And, um, you know, so these are the things that are happening on a day-to-day basis. But I'd say my life advice in all of this is to practice gratitude. Mm-hmm. It seems impossible at times, but it's, it's, it is possible and it's super helpful. I, I can't agree more, but I will confess that even though I preach it, I don't always do it. So it's just a huge reminder to bring that back. And I know people want to know, and on this, on this podcast, I always give listeners a self-made challenge because I think you can listen to good advice all day long, but at the end of the day, if you don't take action to put it into practice, there's no life change. So I want the, yeah. the nitty gritty specifics. So specifically in the morning, how long do you meditate? People always want to know like, okay, okay I see it. I All do right, it. So here's, that. <laughs> here's what I'm going to say, because I don't want anybody to think that I am over here with, you know, chimes and salts and all that. <laughs> yeah. And, and special tea. Although, although tea is good. Tea is good. Uh, but what I do is I wake up 
And before I interfaced, and especially now, like, well, so before all this, it was just getting the kids out the door, right? Or, or, or my, what, my daughter was in New York in college. Now she's home and her life is interrupted. And, you know, my son's home because his job is halted working with the Dodgers. So um, this is a whole new movie that we're all starring in. Okay. So we all have to give ourselves a break. We can't always wake up, you know, mm-hmm. in super woman, super mommy mode. We're going to wake up in tears. We're going to look at our phones and we're going to see that people's friends mm-hmm. of ours or whose parents have passed away. So that's some real stuff. So you're going to have those moments of just sadness and anxiety, and you're going to have to let yourself feel that. But then you need to send yourself a message. And even if you text it to yourself, say, all right, Holly, let's get those 15 minutes in. So I would say 15 minutes mm-hmm. of just putting your headphones in, putting on your music, putting on your app and meditating on the positive, whatever's positive in your life. Cause there's so much, it's just a little harder to find right now. Cause we're all struggling. So mm-hmm. that, that's what it is. I would say, send yourself a text. Yes. That's what I do. I'll send a text to myself and say, Hey Holly. Okay. Time to, okay. You just had your moment of feeling sad or, or, you know, looking at the news and, and getting down. Now it's time to lift yourself back up before you interface with everybody. Because, you know, we got to put on our face for our kids. We have you to are, put on our face. You are so strong and you are so resilient. Do you ever have moments where you just lose it? You know, midday yes. because you've got all these extra. So we've gratitude. Okay. okay gratitude in the morning. And then. Gratitude in the morning is a self-made moment. And then, you know, when you have, if you have a loud talking husband, we were joking about that. It's like when they come right next to you and start loud talking their business or when you're, if you're home with teens, as I say, which is a very different thing, they can be, they're not always programmed to be super sweet to their parents and yet you're in a house mm-hmm. with them for two months. I mean, how do you, yeah. what do you do to stay the amazing piece and person that you are? Is it, you know, cause I know well, you're right. you get up, you cry and then you get on a high from gratitude, but then by 3 PM, how do you avoid just reaching yeah. for boom, chicka pop and wine? Well, we, I am reaching for boom, chicka pop and wine. So yeah, we all need to give so. ourselves that. Yeah. <laughs> we all need to give ourselves that wine, wine moment. You know, it's structure, it's structure. So we're going to get thrown all these X factors and these left and right from, you know, I got kids 15, 17, 22 and 22. And so and they all are stuck in their little narcissistic bubbles of space, which is their job at their age. It's what you're mm-hmm. supposed to do. But what I found, and I think a lot of us are seeing in our kids that they have an amazing sense of resilience too. And they understand what's going on sometimes more than we do. So while they complain and they'd be typical teenagers and, you know, daughter's graduation's canceled and she wants to be acknowledged for what she's going through. You know, I have been telling them to practice gratitude as well. Mm -hmm. So I give them, you know, you have a captive audience, whether they like it or not. So you're making the rules, moms, you're out there, you're making the rules. So try to get your kids to have some structure as well. You know, if you, if you, if you do have kids that are doing this online school, which, which mine are, um, that is some level of structure, but now guess what? For two of my kids, it's spring break. (laughs) Two weeks weeks of spring break. Right. So I'm like, all right. So guess what? We're going to have some structure. So there's going to be, so for us, we're doing these meetings at night and we're just getting together and whether it's five minutes or an hour and you're just going around and we're just having everybody say a little something 
about how they're feeling. And guess what? It could be something hilarious. You know, I mean, it could be something silly or it could be something really, you know, intense. Like, you know, how do you feel, Ryan, about you worked your butt off for four years and, and now you were going to have this big NYU graduation at Yankee Stadium and that's canceled. Like, how do you feel? Like, how does that make you feel? And we give each kid a platform to talk about how they're feeling. And then we end up trying to make each other laugh. We play board games. But there's got to be some level of structure that brings everybody back in. But to the answer answer to your question is, do I ever have moments where I break down and I'm stressed and just want to lose it? Absolutely. And I've always hid those moments from my kids. I try to hide those. I don't do that anymore. Okay, I'm not running around screaming in front of them. But I do let them know, you know what, I'm having a really jacked up moment right now. And I need you guys to understand. I just read this. I just got a call from this. Um, and I need some time either by myself or I need you guys to gather around me. So I think a lot of this is communication, relearning how to communicate mm-hmm. with each other. Um, and then that gives us the moments that we need to sort of push through from moment to moment. Because what's interesting is that there are moments where we're all, everybody is having their moments differently at different times. And so it sh- just shakes off the, it just throws off the tilt of the family, the family access, right? So mm-hmm. one kid is feeling real great and the next kid is having, you know, a breakdown, emotional breakdown because her life is over, life is ruined for her. And, you know, and then and then the other one comes in and makes a joke and then we all start laughing. So I think there's some level of laissez-faire, like we just have to let things kind of happen. But I do think structure, whether it's that one moment of day, whether it's prayer, whether everybody comes together in prayer, if that's what your family does, or having that one meal together, or, you know, playing a board game. I think the structure has really helped us. Mm-hmm. Well, it is very clear that God did not give you a burden too great to bear. And so it makes, I think, everyone feel better to hear about how someone who has accomplished and given what you've given to the world still has those moments and knowing that we can all get through. So Holly, thank you so much for being on the podcast today. And I think we've, we've already made it clear what people's self-made challenge should be for this week. It's 15 <laughs> minutes a day of gratitude. Yeah. You got to yes, go take this 15 yes. minutes a day of gratitude. Just try it. Whatever it looks like for you, do it. Find yeah. your rainbow in the thunderstorms. So, yes, and, yes, and sure. then if you got it in yet, I'm so happy. I asked Holly if she would go live and talk about Holly Rod and share the products that we're kicking off April 1 to benefit Holly Rod. It's done a lot of good. It adds up. So if you think that, oh, my one purchase of this bracelet or that won't really make a difference, that's actually the only way we make a difference is when individuals come together and rise up and support others um, in a time of need. So. Holly, thank you so much for being here. As always, you inspire me. Thank you, Jessica. You inspire me too. And thank you for the self-made podcast. I love it. It's one of my favorites. And I'm glad that I was able to connect with everyone today and give yourself a break, guys. This is something we're all learning. This is all new for everyone. And we're going to get through this together. Thanks, Holly. Take care. and We've got it. All right. Talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to this episode, my friends. If you took anything away from this episode, will you do me a huge favor? 
please take a minute right now to subscribe to the Self Made Podcast. Drop a review online. You know the drill. Wherever you get your podcasts, Apple, Google. Also, share it with a friend. Forward it. Spread the word that this is an amazing resource to help others grow too. And if you share it online, use the hashtag #SelfMadePodcast. Oh, and tag me too at Jessica Heron so I can say hello and thank you. If you are a visual learner, remember that this is a companion to Self Made University, easily found online at selfmadeuniversity.com. So go ahead and check it out. Discover courses that will help you level up in life and business, letting you do you better than you ever have before.